0: Welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast at Antioch. Our desire is to follow Jesus together in the context of life giving community to learn more about us, partner with us through giving or worship with us on Sunday morning. Please visit Antioch Worth.com. Hey, good morning, Antioch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, uh, I'm 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 doing it. I, I, I I tried on the T-shirt untucked and I I tucked it in and she goes, put this jacket on. (laughs) That's the process. That's how we ended up. I wanted to join everybody. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Everybody's running around these shirts and stuff. it's Pretty cool. 25 years ago tonight. Literally, it was when when Christ Fellowship started to the day, twenty five years ago. It was thirteen adults, fourteen kids in a house, and uh, here we are. You know, all these. You know, one thing, <laughs> one thing led to another, and here we are. <laughs> that's that's like. Uh, I'm not gonna. I need to focus. It's a random Brian, Brian Regan quote. <clears throat> so uh, I do want to say, uh, just man, we've got some awesome staff. Just uh, just they're great folks. Micah leading the charge, just helping to organize all of this stuff. I mean, there's, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work that went into you just show up and like signs are everywhere and there's a website and all that kind of thing. And uh, I do want to give a shout out to, uh, is John Pinkerton in the room? So just when you see John say thanks for all the work on the website, man, Those that's, that's a big deal. Leah, Leah Nitcher and... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leah. And uh, I guess she'll be, get her to listen to this if she's not in here. But we show, I showed up on uh, we had a work day on Wednesday, and that means I sh- showed up and, and uh, uh, <laughs> there were bagels. It was a big party man back there in the kitchen and, and uh, people just running around doing stuff and working hard, and just I' just thankful. Just really thankful.: Yeah, thankful for good worship. It's great to worship, get to be part of the church that we get to be a part of. Looking forward to the future. and want to cast a little vision about that by looking at, uh, since we're now Antioch, I want to get a little, take a few cues from the church in Antioch. So if you would, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 11, Acts 11, verse 19, and let's read the word together. Father, I ask that as you just um, give us grace this morning to see your grace and to to be impacted by the Word of God. Lord, just let hearts be tenderized and and minds open to what You're wanting to say and to speak and uh, change us, conform us to the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in Your name we pray. Amen. Now those who were scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, Men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God, and he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. And so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up, and through the Spirit, predicted a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman empire world this happened during the reign of Claudius the disciples each according to his ability decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea they this they did sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul this is the word of God thanks be to God amen so uh you know, I I did think it would be good to start here and um because I've been inspired for many, many years by the church in Antioch. Even before there was an Antioch in Waco, I was inspired by the, the, the church in, in Acts chapter eleven. And there's a lot of reasons you can you can kind of pick up on it, but the walls were coming down there. It was the first Gentile Gentiles also church, you know. Uh so in Jerusalem There was it was there were different nations, but they were all Jewish background, and so now in Antioch you've got this new thing happening. And one of the things that struck me early on is, as I've followed the church in Antioch for all these years, is just that there was so much life bubbling up in the church at Antioch that. Eventually, they begin to send people to other places to start new churches and do missionary journeys and that kind of thing. And so in Acts 13, the Holy Spirit, they're praying and fasting. The Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And boom, I, they go out. And so that has been an ins- inspirational thing for me. And so for, for years, I've used this phrase LGMR CMC. and a lot of you guys probably already know that. But it's life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to be. And when in this reading right now I'm doing, I want to add some more letters to that. So I want to add M-E-E-L-G-M-R-C-M-C, which is Multi-Ethnic, Epicenter, Life-Giving, Multiplying, Reproducing, Christ-Manifesting Church. I like that. M-E-E-L-G-M-R-C-M-C. So it's, it does roll off the tongue. I love it. I love it. So first, Jew-Gentile church together. And, you know, the, they did the us and them thing and brought the walls down because of Jesus. And in Jesus, there's no them. It's just us. And we're going to say some more about that in just a minute. But we struggle with that. We struggle with the us and them. It's, that's the flesh. That's the old life. We struggle with that. And so we've got TCU and Baylor. <laughs> We got Baylor and TCU, you know. I get a little more response in two weeks when there's going to be a hundred more of these guys somehow filling in this room here. But uh, let's see. We got help me out. I'm just us in that. Uh, we got our great city of Fort Worth and that other place over there. See, it's it's like it's built into us a little bit, right? Um, you've got uh, uh, you've got Democrats. And Republicans, <laughs> lighten up! Oh my goodness, <laughs> crazy! Everybody, take a deep breath. It's gonna be okay. Jesus Christ is King and Lord. So we struggle with this stuff, and um, you know, part of the help that we want to get is being inspired. By what happened here and continuing to live out of that. I mean, if you're going to learn from, from one of the churches in the New Testament, this is a great one. Because I mean, Jerusalem had their stuff. Corinth had a few things going on there. You know, no church is perfect, but man, this one's got a lot of great things going for it. So we want to learn. I want to say something here too about grace. Because Barnabas goes there and he sees evidence of the grace of God. And so grace, it's more than just like unmerited favor. I hear that that's not it's not not that, but it's more than that. It's there's power at work when we're receiving grace. It's power to live this life. So, it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. You know, this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. We can't boast about this. It's God's power working in us to say no to, to worldliness and to things that drag us away from fellowship and intimacy with God. That's grace. That's God's power, his life at work in us. So that's the kind of it's saving, redeeming, reconciling, making things right. That's all of that is the power of grace. Okay? So I want to broaden that out a bit so that when we, t- when we look at the grace of God here in the church of Acts, we're seeing a, a more full picture. And so as we move into this season, what I'm trying to say is Antioch-Fort Worth, we want to be like Antioch we read about in the Bible. There's some lessons here for us to learn, and we want to apply these things to who we are. Who, to who we are. And it, ultimately, it's about vision. Yeah. You know, Do we have vision for where we're going? And there's some great... Great pieces right here for us. The main thing I'm trying to say is this: one soundbite. God's calling us to be the kind of people that really know Him and expect to see His grace in the church. So we want to be that kind of people that know, really know. So having, I'll just break it down in three points. Number one, it means having vision for really knowing God. It means vision for God as God really is. So. This this, uh, bit of uh, the gospel, the good news being shared in verse 20, the end of verse 20, they were telling the Greeks also the good news about the Lord Jesus. Okay, so I want us to just pause here and talk about God for just a minute, because when we say God as Christians, we're not saying what everybody else in the world is saying. Our God is different than all other gods in the world, all other religions. Our God, this Lord Jesus, who is the Christ and the Son of the living God, reveals to us the triune God of love. He's the eternal Son of the eternal Father. The Father could not be Father without the Son from all eternity. The Son could not be the Son without the Father from all eternity. And their shared love and anointing in the Holy Spirit... So this is this is not just all other gods, not a single monad. You know, there's not another God behind the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want that to really sink in because when we talk about God, that's who we're talking about: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, and um, I mean, I could literally quote from the Quran right now and say, Allah has He begets not. Allah is not begotten. So we're talking about something different Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is absolutely huge that we have this view of the relational God of love in our hearts so that we're not. So, uh, you know, one of the best ways to think about th- this and to get clarity about it is by asking the question what was God doing before creation? What was God doing before creation? And that, that'll really lock you in to who God is. What was He doing before creation? Well, Jesus tells us, Father, the last prayer He's praying, the one of the, John 17, 24, Father, I want them to be with me where I am and to see the love that you've had for me since before the beginning of creation. So before creation, Father is loving Son in the fullness and richness of the Holy Spirit. Now that's, that's a really big deal because, so our view of God affects our view of salvation. Our view of salvation affects our view of church. Our view of church affects our view of mission. These things are linked together and they affect one another. This is, this, is, this is big. So if, if we think God's mainly ruler and, and, and he, He's wanting us to just mainly keep some rules, then salvation is going to be about fixing our inability to keep the rules. And then church is going to be people coming together, kind of trying to help each other work through stuff and figure out how to keep the rules. And then mission then becomes this command that we've got to go obey to help other people that have this problem that keeping rules and stuff. And so they need to get help on that. Now, another way of this, this full Trinitarian Father, Son, Holy Spirit view would be to say, God's always been loving from all eternity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then our salvation then is being brought into that incredible love and life and goodness. This Father that's always sharing life. He's always begetting. He's always bringing us in. And that's what He's done through Jesus Christ in the fullness of the Spirit Man, this is, I feel like I'm preaching and just, uh, just reading the good news about the Lord Jesus. That's what we're talking about here. So it's God who shows us what this view of salvation is. And that means the church, oh my goodness, it's not just a holding tank for saved people. It's like this is how we live out the life together. I mean, it's like living life together and we turn toward one another because that's the the triune life of God. We're turning toward one another. We get sideways with, with, with each other about something, but we turn back toward one another. We forgive. We love. We may not always be able to get reconciliation worked out, but we forgive, period. As we've been forgiven, we forgive. So the church then becomes this incredible laboratory of life and love together. And out of the fullness of that, we obey and we go and we share and we share his life. We share his love. We, we make disciples in other places and there's this burgeoning and it really does become a life giving, multiplying, reproducing Christ manifesting multi-ethnic epicenter church. Right? OK, so, man, it's just it's huge. God, our view of God affects our view of salvation, affects our view of church, affects our view of mission by tracking with that. And it's not just you get one figured out and the other. Sometimes we do stuff that actually helps us t- into a deeper understanding. So it's like a, it's like a, a helix. I, I, I know I've got some phrases that I say over and over again, and I get, get harassed <laughs> about that. But it's up and to the right. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I'll be in meetings sometimes and they'll they'll go, you know, it's up into the right and it's a helix that goes like this. It's fun. Okay. So vision for knowing God as he really is. Okay. Not the single monad by himself for eternity, but the father, son, Holy spirit from all eternity. Second thing also means having vision for grace, having vision for the grace of God, for expecting being people that expect to see the grace of God. Look what happens in verse 23. Barnabas goes down from Jerusalem to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God and he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. So what does the grace of God look like? You know, because I mean, there's a bunch of stuff happening here that you can literally, you can see what grace looks like. So it's it looks like walls coming down. It looks like people being scattered and sharing good news. It looks like, uh, the, the good news of the Lord Jesus being, the gospel being shared with people, people seeing that. It looks like the Lord's hand being with them. And one of the things I want to say about when walls come down, man, people start taking notice. That's the grace of God. We can't, we can't do that in our natural selves. You know, just, or the world would be at peace already. You know, people find reasons for being at odds with each other, right? And so when in Jesus, like I said earlier, it's not us and them, in Jesus, in Christ, it's us. And that's every tribe, language, nation, and tongue. And that's why I love, just may the Lord continue to bring diversity and differences and Different backgrounds, ethnically and educational backgrounds, and socioeconomic and all that. We need all of that. And you know, one of the things Antioch in the Bible was such a flashpoint for was unity. And one of the things they did was they started eating food together. You say, well, is that radical? It's really radical. It's radical. In fact, it prompted a lot of the New Testament getting written. What they did is around this church here. You know, they had the, the big Acts 15, big con- the first big, huge conference, and they said, What are we going to do? It's because people were eating meals together in Antioch. You know, you read Galatians, and Galatians, it's, it's about legalism on, on one hand, but on, it's really about table fellowship. Are we going to be able to eat food, Jews and Gentiles, together? Paul's like, I rebuked Peter, Peter, to his face, you know, because of this table fellowship thing. He wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. He was, but then he wasn't. And, and so it's it's a huge it's a huge deal for us that, that uh yeah, I just I, I feel like sometimes I have to just back up and go, eating food with other people breaks down walls. And so, make it, let's, let's make, if we're, as we're moving forward, part of our vision needs to be eat with people that you don't normally eat with. I mean, Jesus is actually really clear about all of that. Like, don't just invite people to table with you that can invite you back to their house. So this is a, it's a big deal that we, that we learn this. And, and it, uh, like right now in the city, there's some great stuff happening with pastors, but it's not because we're all lined up theologically and we said, hey, can you sign off on this so that we can do some stuff together? It doesn't work like that. You yeah, know how it works is when we started eating food together, started eating meals and like started saying, I love you. And expressing love. That's just right out of the heart of God, you know, so. What the grace of God looks like is people coming together, the walls coming down, people believing, and turning to the Lord. When when this starts happening, it's evidence of the grace of God. Other people started hearing, so the church in Jerusalem. I always thought that was kind of funny when news of this reached the ears. I was picturing some y'all aren't doing, y'all aren't doing, big ears ears. It's not working, and so. Uh, you know, it's so funny, um, everybody goes home and does whatever they do, and then I have to kind of process this a little bit with her, so I, I'll, we won't do the ears thing anymore. Probably <laughs> About 30 years ago, uh, just this whole thing of being this kind of a people, this kind of a church, I read a book that I recommend to you called Jordan's Crossing. It's a fiction story by a guy named Randall Arthur. Really, write it down and get it. You'll, you can buy it for probably five cents on Amazon used, but uh, it inspired me. And I read the book, and it was about this guy named Jason Faircloth, if I remember correctly. And he was a pastor of a church, and he was he had a a rule keeping God and a rule keeping salvation and a rule keeping church and mission was something like that too, right? So so Jason Faircloth, he was affectionately known by his church members as the general and had a plaque they'd given him on his desk, said the general. And uh, his daughter, though, that wasn't working out for her. And she ultimately runs away, basically being driven away by him. His wife gets totally ticked at him and said, you drove her away and all this. And so he ends up leaving the church in disgrace And goes on this journey of brokenness and humility and finding a real relationship with Jesus, right? And so he ends up, I'm going to wrap this up, but he ends up in Oslo, Norway. And there's a church there. It's an international church. All these different nations are there and the spirit of God's at work and people are getting saved and giving their testimonies and just life is bubbling up. And in the back of my mind, I've had that vision for all these years. That we could be like that kind of a, an international band of people in Christ with all these different backgrounds and ethnicities and just the Spirit of God was moving in our midst and Jesus Christ is Lord and we're receiving the Father's love and walking in the power of the Spirit and using His gifts and grace to be the church and to be the people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God. That's all I have to say about that point. <laughs> Number three, number three, and this this vision, it's becoming, it's having a vision not just for God, but that leads to the grace of God, having vision for the grace of God, but also becoming the kind of people that actually see the grace of God because not everybody sees it. There's people that come in here even this morning and go, I don't know if I see the grace of God or not. I don't know what kind of a, It just depends on where our our hearts are at, right? We could see it, and sometimes we can not see it. And so let's learn from Barnabas here. Verse 23. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him back To Antioch. And so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called, were called Christians first at Antioch. So, you know, we want to be the kind of people that actually see grace. So let's just imagine that somebody else got sent besides Barnabas down to Antioch. He could have gone down there and gone, uh, and maybe he's kind of cranky right? He just got a disposition of crankiness and he looks around and he goes you know there's all these people getting together all these people eating meal different backgrounds stuff this is going to be a big problem this is going to lead to some people getting sideways with each other it's going to be a difficult situation in the days ahead eh, that's my report send right could have been like that but barnabas is different Barnabas, his name literally means son of encouragement. So Bar, son of, Nabas. So there's a guy named Nabas. And he's like encouragement, manifested, walking. And then Barnabas is his son. And he's also gotten that gift from his dad, who's encouragement, right? And so all of these things mark Barnabas. They were first called Christians. We're going to talk about that phrase next week. They were called Christians first at Antioch. And I'm putting a plug in here. Why have a different name? What's in a name? Worth having a... uh, I'm trying to name the sermon right now. Worth a different name. Worth a new name. Somebody send in some recommendations on that. Um, But it's like this. What we've done is we've taken... They were first... The disciples were called Christians first. We've taken that. Flipped it and then made the disciple part optional. We want to talk about that next week. We want to be people that have such a life of reality in us that people would look at us and want to give us a new name. Like they look like Jesus, little Jesuses to quote Chris from last week. Thank you for preaching, by the way. So uh, Barnabas, you know, some of the things about Barnabas are obvious, and some are less obvious. Let's run through the, the ones that are obvious first. Obvious, uh, glad. He was glad. Now, you don't just get glad by, by chance. You actually work that into your life. You work some gladness into your life. You're a, a pretty happy person. And somehow that's getting worked in there. I'm looking at Angela right now. Y'all know. Somehow that's getting worked in there. Look, One of our heroes from the past is a guy named George Mueller. And George said his duty, his first duty, duty, something he had to do every single morning was to get his soul happy in God. Uh, That's a good word. Just that his duty, first thing he had to do, doggone it, got to go in. And I mean, sometimes it is doggone it because that's how I feel sometimes in the morning. Can I get a witness? You know, and so I have to stir that up. I have to choose some gladness. Lord, I want to know your joy this morning. And then when I'm extra cranky, I'll literally go into the bathroom and smile at myself. Just because it's like I forgot how to do, like, you know, and I literally go in there and You're going to be happy today. You're going to be glad today. Barnabas was glad he he was able to go. This is good. This is good, and he was glad, and he, he encouraged them. He was an encourager, you know, that whole thing. That's his, that's his name, Son of Encouragement. And he wanted them to remain true with all their hearts. And I think I'll pick up some of that next week too. It's, it's an all-your-heart thing that's going to lead to a, a new kind of name, Antioch. Um, so, and he was good. So he was a good man. Now, that's probably not something he said about himself, But that's a testimony of other people about Barnabas, that he was living a life of wisdom, making good decisions, a life of life and love and and touching people. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit. Let me just say, that means something. Now, we may not all land in exactly the same place on what that means, but if it's just he just got the Holy Spirit one time, why mention that he was full of the Holy Spirit? Right? You know, so John 20, the disciples received the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts 4, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, all the same guys. You know, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they went out, filled, they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and went out and spoke the word of God boldly. Acts 4, 28, 29, along in there. And so, so there's, it means something. There's something about us that we want to be so uh, diminished in who we are so that the presence of God, is seen in our lives we're baptized by his love and his grace and his life and it's like in our eyes and in our smiles and in our hugs and in our expressions of love in the way we go about life and ministry full of the Holy Spirit and faith now I you know there's something about I feel like we need to reclaim faith like, we need to get back a hold of this. I, I, a lot of times what I hear faith talked about is there's a faith movement, don't be in that. There's a health and wealth thing, don't be in that. Don't have it. And, and, and what that does in me, it makes me go, okay, well, there's things I'm supposed to not be believing for, not be believing for. Wait a minute. There's some stuff we're supposed to be believing for. Yep. Like life and that this would be all that it's supposed to be and that God would move in our midst and that we would have faith that we would be people of vision that see and believe god for great things that his kingdom really is coming that he really is making things right through us that he really is sharing his gospel through us that he really is uh, manifesting the way things ought to be in and through us so that's that's faith full of the holy Sp- am i preaching full of the holy spirit and faith and, you know, so some of those things, they're, they're obvious. That's who Barnabas is, as somebody who sees grace in others. Some are less obvious. And so here, this is kind of the story behind the story. Antioch, the church, gets started because there's a persecution going on in Jerusalem, right? So the persecution that was connected with Stephen, Stephen is, gets stoned and killed, and there's a persecution that breaks out, and so people spread out. And they start going to other places. That's how they ended up in Antioch. I wouldn't choose persecution. I wouldn't choose sufferings. I've never said, uh, that's what I want to do. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And yet, following Jesus on this way, there are hard things that happen. And it's the story behind the story. It's like we didn't get here because nobody was suffering, because everything was hunky dory every single day of the journey it's not like that there's 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 hard things things that have hurt for all of us different wounds and things things we've had to forgive others for and especially this this idea of i've been hurt by the church i've been hurt by the church right a lot like tears and stuff and yet we have to move forward and we forgive and we give grace. And we become people of grace. And we love because we're being loved. We forgive because we're being forgiven. Just That's the way it goes. So that's the story behind the story is that they, the whole thing gets going because of persecution. Another part of the story behind the story is that Barnabas goes and gets Saul. And I love this. To me, this is an important part of the story. If we're thinking about vision for us, Antioch, Fort Worth for the days ahead, it's going to be that we would be people that would go and get other people that have been sidelined or haven't gotten going in the journey yet of helping others i mean paul saul had some great words spoken like the lord jesus you're going to be my witness to the gentiles but it hadn't happened yet you know it's ultimately 14 years before he gets sent out of antioch you know and so we want to be the kind of people that are calling others up that are helping others along, that are, seeing, that are speaking words of affirmation and destiny and hope and life-giving, prophetic, strengthening, hope-encouraging, comforting words that build people up and say, you've got a part to play. We can't do this apart from everybody. All the body. This left leg too. Starting to work and function. my eyes and ears that's that's who we are we need all of us together being who we are supposed to be together for this thing to work so vision it's a vision of god as he really is a vision of god's grace and expecting to see that i mean what's it going to look like here what's it gonna it's good that's exciting isn't it who wants to see the grace of god you know, just the grace of God working and moving and empowering and changing and making us, making me, you just look at me. I'm 50, 70. Just get a good look right now and I'm changing. I mean, I'm changing. I don't look like I used to look. I'm changing. And I'm going to be more like Jesus next year than I was this year yes. by his grace. And that's how, that's all we've got. I love Yancey's communion talk this morning. That we would be repenters. That we would be known for being good repenters. And every morning I want to wake up and calibrate and repent and turn. And I want to walk with brothers and sisters that are calibrating like this to Jesus, repenting, good repenters. It's His grace, man. It's so good. Y'all stand up. Lord, would you do this in our midst as the worship team comes, ministry team comes, we just want to take a moment, we do this at the end of every service, just give you an opportunity to respond and and i you know there's so many different places to go here i just i but may the Lord give us just a a favor that's over us i I remember you know, I remember thinking years ago when I preached through Nehemiah, I was like, I read Nehemiah said, I, I, the gracious hand of my God was on me. And I I wanted to walk in that. I wanted to say, God, I want your favor, your blessing to be on me. I want to walk in that. And he lives in me. He lives in us and in you and you guys. And so let's be that kind of people that that express the grace of God, that look for the grace of God, that are being changed into the peop- kind of people that see the grace of God, even through the hard stuff, the sufferings, the, the things nobody knows about. And let's be the kind of people that, that are stepping into the game or pulling others in. I want to I pull you in and say there's a place for you. So Father, meet us today. And uh, just pour out your grace, even as we're seeing it in so many ways—in worship and just our relationships. May you mark us by your grace, where people are hearing the good news about Jesus, where people are believing and turning to you, where lives are being changed, and the cities being impacted, and the nation and the nations. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hey, you guys. Press into the grace of God. We're going to take a few minutes here, but press in. Just whether that's coming to get prayer or just right where you're at, get somebody to pray for you. But don't leave without... If you've got a need, need healing or whatever, don't leave without getting somebody to pray for you. Let let lives be changed right now in this moment. Father, do it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Release your grace in our midst. In Jesus' name. You guys come. Go for it. Be bold. Get somebody to pray for you. Amen.